with sound. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Nandicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the new movie Minari, directed by Lee Isaac Chung, starring Steven Yoon, Han Ye Yuri, Alan Kim, Noel Kate Cho, and Yoon Ye Jung. Um, this is a fairly new film. I'm not even sure if it has like a nationwide release yet. Um, we were just able to watch it from A24's like early, I don't know, even know if it's early access or not, but we were able to watch it through A24. Um, so just a heads up now, this is going to be a spoiler-filled review, spoiler-filled talk about the new movie, Minari. This is actually, it's a really, really good film, so I don't want it to be spoiled for any of you people. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it, come back, hang out with us. Um, but this is your warning, it's going to be spoiler-filled. Carmela, what were your expectations and context of the film, Minari? I just saw a movie with Steven Yeun and a, like an Asian family in the context of the American dream. And then it was distributed by A24 and that was like basically the lock-in. Um, and yeah, I was like, wow, this this movie looks really awesome. It looks great. And, but most of all, Asian representation. Um, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was a very moving, intimate like look at the family chasing um, the American dream from like the lens of an Asian family, a Korean family. Um, and I found the movie to be very personal to me specifically, and we'll talk more about it later. Um, but yeah, what did you think of the movie and what was like your expectation for it? I thought the movie was really, really great. Um, my expectation of it was like, I kind of had my hopes high just because, like, I saw people like Bobby Hundreds and people of the Asian community sort of rally around this movie and sort of talk about how much they loved it and how much, like, it, it represented them in this the silver screen, how much it related to them and everything. And it seemed like I didn't hear anything bad from it, especially if you look up reviews like AV Club, Rotten Tomatoes, all really, really high. I think Rotten Tomatoes is still at 100%, which is fantastic. Um, not to mention, yeah, Asian representation, something I like always want to look forward to. Um, I, I, of course had that like initial fear of like, what if this flops or if it's bad, I don't want that to like make other, um, Asian creators miss the opportunity to work with A24 or have a, a giant, not giant studio, but independent film not be made because of like an example like this. But to be honest, thinking about the catalog of like Asian films, it's been on a roll. You got like Parasite, you have The Farewell, you have like those kind of movies that are just like carrying the torch and just like, just representing Asian culture in the best way and creating these fantastic films that make me feel represented in, in some sort of way, even though it's not necessarily straight up Filipinos, but it's still, you know, Asian people that, you know, I can relate to. And, and even some of our culture intersects with, those Asian cultures as well as like how they certain they, how they do certain things, how they respect their elders and stuff like that. Those kind of things still relate to me, and so I could see that in this film and in those films as well. But overall, a really really great film. It was like you said, very intimate. It was very passionate. It it was very it was very like emotional as well, but not in like of not like in an obvious way. It was just something that sort of enticed me as I watched the film. Um, and one way I kind of sort of describe it and we'll describe it later is more of like a sponge. I feel like I was more of this like emotional sponge watching the film other than like someone that was waiting for something to come out and reach for me. It was something that like I was growing with apart from like it trying to grow with me. Um, but we'll talk about that more um, later. But Carmela, would you like to give a little plot summary of the movie Minari? So, wanting a better life for his family, Jacob Yi relocates his family from California to a newly purchased plot of land in rural Arkansas. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, with that, Carmela, expand on your um, general takeaway and impression of Minari. Yeah, so like I said, it was like very, like, 
personal intimate like movie to me because I found like a lot of like small moments and feelings I like could personally relate to especially like in my childhood and just within like my own family like um I think there was just this very specific part where the mom played by Han Yeri I think um she was just laying out like paper onto their like empty drawers because they had just moved into their house she was like just like doing these very like Asian things and I it was the first time I saw something like like that on like screen in a movie and I was like holy crap that is like so Asian I said out loud too and like it just made me realize how yeah how few of those moments I actually see in a movie on screen that I could personally relate to my own life and it's just a moment so specific I can't even and you would never talk about it because it's so like minuscule you know it's just something you do every day in like your household but just seeing something like that made me feel that much closer to the movie and the story um even though like like we're Filipino and like it's a depiction of a Korean family this movie shines still because it's a movie I think anyone could honestly relate to because it's about essentially just this family moving from one place to another to try and like achieve the quote-unquote American dream and become like successful and it's just like this guy who wants better for his family so he tries to make like the best decision for them and they go through like pitfalls and like things that kind of prevent them and like their own like faults too they that prevent them from like succeeding until they come together in the end and like accept that they all need to work together and have each other's support to like you know right like lift each other up to achieve this dream um so yeah was there any moment in the movie for you that you kind of was like holy shit that's like that was like my life or like I, I like totally did that when I was little. Um, not really. I think I kind of like almost saw myself in the little kid just because he sort of like had these these attitudes toward like his grandma and like his mom. Sometimes that kind of reminded me of myself of like how I used to kind of like rebel against my parents or whoever was higher up and and sort of like not listen to them. And then um, also try to outsmart the punishment where, like, yeah. he's, like, get the stick and he gets, like, this broken one. Um, kind of, like, that's kind of, like, something I remember doing was just trying to, like, figure out how to, like, let make the punishment less, you know, painful or whatever, regardless if it's something that still is kind of snarky in that way. <laughs> um, no, but it was really cool. Yeah, you did say it out loud when we were watching it. And I thought it was really cool because, like, oh, that's actually crazy that, like, you actually related to something. Even if it's really small, you actually related to something in the film that, like, most films or even people would think to add and i thought that was really cool i even like asked you in the middle of the movie I was like, really you used to do that? like he like started talking in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the movie and because i thought it was just really cool to hear that and especially like seeing it on the screen you know, it's cool to see that little bit like a representation of you know your asian heritage and it was really cool to see that and hear that um but yeah it's yeah this movie is just like really really great especially when it comes to like that sort of representation and and when it comes to these kind of movies a lot of when it comes to like mainly race, I don't, I wouldn't say race driven, but race related um, movies, they sort of like drive in that sort of like race or racism card of it. Like, Oh yeah. Like they're going through all this, but also they have to go overcome like the issue of racism. Um, and not that's a bad thing in movies or not. It's the bad thing. If this were to happen in this film, it's just something that like you always see in, in these kind of films that have to do with um, people moving around or trying to make something, of their lives in America. Um, it was always, it's always like a, a main giant issue, but this one like surprisingly didn't have that, um, variable in it. They did have certain parts of where it dealt with race, but not in the, in the situation of them being racist, but in the situation of, it, of these people being alienated, which is something I also kind of related to as well. Just like that. These, there are these people in this like white state, right? Whites, like, city and they sort of are kind of like looked at differently not obviously but they you could kind of feel the alienation with them like how the kids sort of like bonded and like how he didn't know certain things about his culture he was asking like why your eye like i don't remember what he said why your eye so small or something he's like why, why does your face look like that yeah <laughs> like, yeah why does your face look like that that's what he said and like i feel like 
I'm pretty sure I heard something like that when I was a kid, like really, really young. Um, I'm pretty sure someone asked me why my eyes are so small. Um, but he was, he's not being racist. He's just being a little kid. Like it was like when we were like five or six, like I didn't take any of it. it. I was just like, Oh, I don't know. I was born like this. Um, but like that kind of like moment of culture shock with the white kid and with the son was something that like I've, I faced a lot when I was a kid just cause like, it's, it's just such a, such a different environment when it comes to living in a suburb, being not white and being, and like experiencing that, um, First hand, that's something like I saw with the film, which is really cool. And it was really funny to see, um, seeing like how it actually looks in hindsight when people actually like ask you those sort of things and sort of like expose like what they know and don't know about the culture. Um, but then it was also really cool to see those two kids in like intermingle. Like they didn't like reject each other. They sort of like came together and became like learning each other's ways, learning like their games and learning like how they talk and speak. It was really cool to see how like, they were able to relate to each other, even though they're like two different sides of the coin. It was really fun to see that. Um, but I think that's like mainly where I related to it is sort of like the alienation and being like an Asian kid in like a white city. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, when you brought up how the movie didn't like turn into a movie about like race, I guess I did notice that too. I think I was definitely, kind of anxious during those parts where like anytime they had an interaction with a white person I was like nervous because I was like oh here it comes like here comes like the part where they're gonna be racist towards them and like I was honestly pleasantly surprised that it wasn't they didn't depict any like negative interactions with white people um I don't know if that's weird to say, but I like was kind of relieved <laughs> to see that. And I was like, wow, like nowhere in this movie was it like ever a bad like interaction. No one was like calling them bad names or had any ill intent towards them because of their race. And the ones that you talked about with the kids, it was like this very lighthearted, innocent like depiction of like someone who didn't look like them and it was mainly about alienation and not racism per se um and yeah Yeah, i was like i was actually gonna ask you if like you felt that way because i was when they did like interact with like any sort of white person i was like clenching my fist like ready for like 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 that racist moment i was like ooh. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm joking um yeah i was like yeah you and i were like waiting for it basically i was like like okay here we go here it comes it's gonna happen i can feel it it's gonna happen (laughs) and it like never came and i was like oh okay so yeah and i i don't know if that's like a bad thing or a sad thing to be expecting that kind of thing it's like like oh here we go someone's gonna be racist towards asian people because they're not white um but yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised that there was none of that. It was a very, like, optimistic point of view, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't know what the real world is like in that area, but it's kind of bad sometimes here. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I was, like, searching for what the conflict basically would be within the movie, and it was it, it stayed focused mainly on, like, the struggles of, like, their the land itself and like the family's stubbornness I guess towards like each other and like mainly like Steven Yeun's character like his stubbornness to not get like outside help to like look for the water source um so yeah I I liked that it stayed like focused like the problem and the conflict within the movie stayed focused on like the family itself and like nothing no exterior like forces I guess yeah, not only, like, did it not have to have that, like, problem of racism as a problem within the film, like, if you follow, like, following the family, they all have their own problems, and you sort of, like, hear all the stories, like, differently from each perspective, and also from, like, each problem and how they want to solve it or how they want to, like, deal with it. Like like you said, you have the, the father who's being stubborn and, and is very, very... Uh, tunnel vision on his vision to make this farm for his family that he almost like he he risks so much of himself so much of his family to have this like healthy farm not to mention like risk the 
the financial like burden they have um sort of like using the the city's water i think for his plants and just like disregarding the fact that like they need water to shower drink and stuff like that um and you have the mom who who almost seems like she's gonna leave and like you kind of like embracing yourself for that moment to her to actually like say like i'm leaving i'm taking the kids this and that um you have the struggle with david who's this little kid that kind of like um, doesn't really understand what's happening or understand like the adult problems but also is dealing with his own problems as a kid and dealing with his problems with like his grandma um, him wetting the bed him having a quote-unquote broken penis um, <laughs> and just sort of learning the, his culture in that in that sense and learning um, just how to how to be a kid and how to be proper in that sense and then the sister who's kind of an overwatcher of like the kid but also dealing with her own struggles of being a kid as well. And then you have um, the grandma who um, comes to an unfamiliar place and is trying to find home with her own family, which she can't, kind of can't find in that situa- situation. And then you also have people like Paul, who's like this this weird white dude that helps Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> but also has his own issues. He has his own gossip around him. He has his own, you know, um, strong, strong extreme commitment to religion and how he deals with his own demons in his closet and stuff like that so even though you don't have this like giant issue of racism you have all these issues with just this one family and you experience it with them and you sort of like feel all those problems and and issues with them and and you want to see how it's going to be solved how it's not going to be solved how it may be ruined and i think that's just so crazy with this film that like we didn't need anything for like a plot twist or anything that's hard hitting for us to be invested in it yeah like i think by focusing on like just the family and like their own problems and experiences it made the movie that much more like intimate and that much more personal and honestly like relatable to a lot a lot of people um and i think i just want to highlight like the grandma's like storyline because holy shit that was like the like this movie is already emotional enough but i think her like her storyline was like probably what hit me the most i think because of like what happens to her and stuff um but a personal story my grandma also came from the philippines to stay with my family here in america when i was young as well um maybe as young as the sister was in the movie so that like whole thing was like super relatable because I was like, oh my god, my grand, my Lola came from the Philippines to stay or to stay with my like dad basically, and like we kind of grew up with her for a few years. Um, and yeah, like looking back at it now, like I can see that like she was also trying to find like her place like in America and stuff like that. Um, just like how the grandma like was in the movie she's just like kind of trying to integrate within her own family because she didn't seem like your typical grandma she was honestly really cool but the kids didn't see that um but it's okay you got a real grandma (laughs) you don't make cookies (laughs) she like cusses and stuff Um, watches wrestling (laughs) yeah um but yeah like i was totally a jerk to my grandma too when i was young when she came because she was like a stranger and i like didn't know what was happening um and i was like i was probably... actually gonna ask you that i wanted to know if you Dude, yeah. were like that to your grandma as well Dude, i mean maybe not as mean but um i do have like a very distinct memory that i always think about and i always feel guilty about whenever like she comes up but i think one time she, um, my grandma asked me to grab her like pringles from the like cabinet because she wanted to eat chips and I just, like, never did it. I just, like, said yes and didn't do it on purpose because I was like, no, I'm going to eat these Pringles. <laughs> and so I took it for myself, and I ate all of the Pringles. And then she, like, comes out of the room. She's like, oh, like, where are the Pringles? And then she sees <laughs> I ate them all. And then, like, she got upset with me, and I was, like, super guilty <laughs> in the like in the future. In hindsight, I was like, oh, my God, that's such an asshole thing You to ate do. all the Pringles. You said, yeah, then it ate all the Pringles. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. I don't know what happened in that moment, but yeah, I think I just didn't. I think I just didn't want to share, so I was like, "No, I want the Pringles." Um, but yeah, I was like a total jerk. 
Um, and I felt so horrible about it, like, years later, because she, like, sadly passed away, like, uh, I don't know how many more, more years later, but she, like, went back to the Philippines, and then she was, like, su- she got super sick, um, I think she had, like, lung cancer, and, like, I, like, had always, I, like, never apologized for the Pringle thing, and I always regret that, um, and I'm sure it's, like, not important, but... I just, like, regret not apologizing (laughs) for the cradle thing. So anyone out there, if your grandma or grandpa is still alive and you were a jerk to them when they were little, when you were little, please apologize to them now for whatever you did, no matter how big or small, Um, because I always regret that. The end. Thank you for listening. It's okay. It's okay. That's actually kind of interesting that you brought up that up, just because, like, it also triggered, like, how my grandparents came here as well. Um, and how that that sort of scenario is very relatable to the way that like the grandma comes to here to sort of take care of the kids and then like it sort of takes its own toll of like how she fits in in America fits in with her own family and kids because um, I had the same same reaction too because my grandparents came over from the Philippines as well um, and sort of took care of me when I was little I was like really really little so I don't really remember like maybe when I was like three or four um, but I remember them taking care of me and I remember them like just being in the house all the time and then when I got older and my brother got older they were also trying to figure out their their own space in in America essentially um they I think they decided to move out from our house they're in their own apartment and then later on kind of in a home and I think they just didn't feel home at all in, in America whatsoever so they all moved back to the Philippines and that's where fortunately they passed away but like Again, I, I like just from hindsight as well as like you talking about it, like the fact that they came from the Philippines to here to like try and figure out our own culture and figure out how to like take care of the kids and like figure out like how Americans live at that point. It's so interesting because it's such a like a giant risk one and two, it's just this like crazy culture shock that like I feel like was so last second for my grandparents that like all of a sudden yeah. they're in America and they have to like figure out how to live. And I can only f- like, feel that way for the grandma in the movie as well that she kind of like just comes from you know from korea and just like tries to help them out and like the sort of cult like the the misunderstanding with the kids like especially with the kid like you don't make cookies you don't do this you're not a real grandma <laughs> she's like someone that like plants the minari which is like not a native plant i guess you can say in america she's enjoying like american culture like wrestling even though like it's something that like usually grandmas don't do she drinks mountain dew which again something that has to do with american culture she sort of tries to adapt and enjoy these things but um she like she's alienated by her own kids that like she's trying (laughs) to take care of um and like myself too i was kind of like who are who are these people that are sitting with this like i i didn't understand what like a grandma means or grandpa meant or what they did or like what they're what they're doing at my (laughs) house like i was like who are these people in my house um but yeah like again like it's just something that like again it's hitting me as an adult like you are because like i feel like i never got to thank them for that just because like when i was little i just all i saw was them because my parents were at work my brother went to school and they were always there just to like take care of me at that point um but yeah it's just interesting to think about yeah and like um the just the beautiful thing about like the whole minari thing about how the grandma like plants this non-native plant in american soil and in the end you like see that it's thriving the symbolism was just so beautiful (laughs) i was like oh my god it's thriving and it's not from this country obviously symbolizing like hey it's a very hopeful like note on their end like hey it's gonna be okay you're gonna thrive like in this country kind of thing um even though you're not from here blah blah Um, yeah it's almost like uh american dream again for like immigrants and people that aren't from america they sort of see this like they sort of see these opportunities and like although it's not like picture perfect the ending makes it so great for that moment just to be like after the fire like the fire happens you know like we we don't know what's gonna happen with our crops with our plants um the father goes down goes down to like the, the 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 lake and like sees the monari and it's like sprouting it's like thriving and like even the dad which I, I love the last lines of this film because it's just like, oh, your mom picked it, your, your grandma picked a good spot to plant these. And it sort of like reflects 
his journey that like he he picks Arkansas to build this farm. He picks this like land that specifically people avoid to buy. People have heard like horror stories about it, but yet the father is so determined to make this land his own to sprout and to like f- grow the farm that he wants to grow and built this like life for his family. It's such like a great, great ending. And it's just so subtle as well. And it's like, it was just a great like couple lines. Um, well, fun fact, apparently like there is a deleted ending for that where like there's supposed to be a voiceover that sort of explained the Minari and sort of like why it was so important for the film and, and the symbolism and themes like that. But it was cut by the director. So it, he cut it because he doesn't want it to be like a spoon fed meeting to the audience. He kind of wants it to like, make the people sort of interpret it in their own in their own way and and obviously it's a lot more powerful this way apart from like having this like f like epilogue of of dialogue to explain the ending of the film yeah i am like so happy you got that out um i don't i can't remember who said to like suggest cutting it out or if he figured it out himself um but yeah i am like definitely definitely in the camp of show don't tell and yeah, like he said, it's, like, that much more powerful, and it doesn't treat, like, the audience like they're dumb, and it just shows that you are talented enough to convey this message without literally saying it through dialogue, um, but yeah, it was, like, very beautiful ending. I think it was, like, holy shit, that whirlwind of a third act where, like, all of these tragedies in a row just happened was just, like, oh my god (laughs) like so stressful and i'm so glad it ended very calmly and peacefully and like subtly it wasn't like a like a bang it wasn't like a like a super duper happy note it was like a like everything's gonna be okay you know and i was like okay everything will be everything's gonna be okay (laughs) we grow when we grow you know we sprout um not to mention too like this film is almost like a biographical film for the director um and like i think in the interview that we watched he sort of said that like these people are just people these actions are just actions like sometimes you don't kind of like have to dive deep into figuring out who they are or what they mean um it's it could not just not mean anything it could just be part of the story and i think that's so fantastic as well that like the fact that this is almost a biographical biographical film for the director he's just telling his own story and not like not that he purposely put these themes or these these symbolisms in his story just sort of sprouted out for us. And I think that's like a good explanation of the film as well, that like, it's just a film that we sort of like grow with and, and we sort of sponge in and sort of take in all these moments and we interpret it as we interpret it. Like the Minari could just be Minari for all we know. It doesn't have to be like (laughs) a symbolism for growing in and being the American dream. It could just be something that like the director just knew he had to put in there or like sort of saw the turning point of his family at that point. It's just something that like, wasn't like storybook it was very much real life and it felt very much like something that anyone could tell this story especially the director and not have to have these themes or symbolism tied into it to make it a good film but it's just something that like spoke out to us like something that we saw in the Monaro going something that we saw in the grandma coming to the america something we saw as a little kid being a rebel and like those little things like we took upon ourselves to give this meaning and like I think that's something that's like really explains the movie well and sort of how I experienced it is that like it sprouted its own you know themes and symbolisms within myself and related it to myself without having to like be like oh you're gonna relate to this because you're Asian kind of thing it was more of like here this is like what happened in my life maybe it'll relate to you kind of a thing yeah and what's it called i yeah i was just gonna say like this is why representation matters and it wasn't even like like this movie wasn't even marketed that way it wasn't like a oh here is a story about an asian family trying to fit into america it was just like hey here's a story about a family there's asian people in it (laughs) like that's it really and i think that's why we like personally related it to it so much because we're like technically what second gen like we grew up in america but and we're asian i mean i was born in the philippines but i moved here when i was one so i like am barely like (laughs) i'm like an immigrant but i like basically spent my entire life here and yeah like these struggles that 
what's it called steven yen and his like family like go through in the movie and what the director's like life is based on basically is just such an accurate depiction of what some parts of our own life look like and that's like yeah again something i have never personally seen ever in a movie and i've never like connected to a movie like this in like this way even though i've seen this type of movie about the american dream like dozens of times you know dozens you know but never from this perspective yeah not to mention either like just it it is depicted as like the american dream quote unquote but i think like you said we're second generations like uh, my family probably gone like kind of gone through the same story but in their own way like just trying to build a family in america without them having any prior experience or knowledge of like how america lives and stuff like that um so even like even though like it's quote unquote based on the american dream it's still something personal to the director himself um and it's it's just a story of his life like it's not even like uh something that he made up it's something that he experienced himself that he's able to tell himself and and show on on the screen and i think that's what's something that also makes him very relatable it's not like it's based around the idea of the american dream it's based around the idea of his life and how he lived it and the steps that his family had to take to sort of make it in america so this movie won basically the top prize at Sundance last year. Grand Jury Prize, hell yeah, I had no idea, but hell yeah. Um, and then this year, there was a bit of controversy when this movie was categorized, um, nominated for a Golden Globe, but categorized under the foreign language category as opposed to just the regular best motion picture drama. What what do you think about this decision? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, you know very American, if I <laughs> say the least. I don't know. It's I mean, of course, like I'm not surprised. It's honestly something that like always happens every year. That like the fact that like people speak different languages, it's foreign film. It's never like I it's, I don't know. It's never like I don't know because you have these directors and most of the or director and an actor and some of the actresses as well that are from america they they filmed this in america i don't understand like the the sort of viewpoint of it being a foreign film i like again i'm not like surprised that they put it in there um and it's just sort of this obstacle that like every foreign i guess like not foreign film but every like film that has a different language in has to get like overcome that like they might be considered a foreign film just because you have people at the Golden Globes who are, um, you know, too American, I guess you can say, that, <laughs> like, can't oversee the boundary of, like, oh, it's a different language. We should put it in the drama section because it's mainly about drama. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't know the, like, requirements of, like, these films or where it should be. Um, but obviously, it's a very super decision to put this in a foreign film category because obviously it's more than just people speaking a different language it's just like a whole different story it's a story about like people in america you know trying to make it in america but yeah i don't know it's not surprising whatsoever what do you think about um the category that's put in yeah sorry i should have mentioned the like technicality that um placed it in like the foreign language category was because the film 50% of the film, more than 50% of the film was in a language that was not English, basically. That's what categorizes films to be in that category. Um, and like you said, it is more than just a, like a movie spoken in a different language. Um, yeah, I think the decision is like, I'm not surprised, very American. Um, and it's just like, it's it's because of like a technicality and it's like literally in direct opposition of what the movie is like about which is why i think there was so much controversy around it because it was like yo this is about being american <laughs> despite not being white like hello yeah uh, like we said you... it's nothing about has to do with race it doesn't have to do with like anything about that it's about a family that like is trying to get make it in america essentially it's not like 
Ah, uh, see. Uh. <laughs> and then they put in like the category, a category that literally labels them as foreign. Like, oh, talk about alienation. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like in direct opposition to what the point of the movie was, or a, a point of the movie was. Um, so yeah, kind of a big flop there for the Golden Globe. I hope the Oscars do better you know they're a little more prestigious um no one cares about the golden globes by the way um just saying just so you know out there anyone who watches awards no one cares about the golden globes it's just the precursor to the oscars just saying (laughs) (laughs) um so we did have like sort of the family struggle and i mentioned again like paul who's this other white person that's not like kind of in the movie um a decent amount of times to sort of like picture him as another character in the movie how did you feel about Paul? I think like Paul also brought up the idea of religion um, with himself and with the family too. Um, I know the mom sort of wanted to be more in like the American church slash Korean church subject and wanted to still practice her religion in that sense. Um, And you sort of have Paul who has this sort of like extreme viewpoint of religion and how he carries this cross every Sunday and sort of like his own skeletons in his closet. How did you feel about like sort of that subtle theme of religion and sort of how it plays into the film and almost like plays into like the almost culture shock and alienation when it comes to someone like Paul and what he does every Sunday? Um, Yeah, I think it was a, an interesting like, detail that was included it was like very real too because like yeah to my knowledge and like experience i know that um i don't know if it's like straight up christianity but i know like a lot of koreans uh are christian and like they have a large part of like their community is like within like a korean church um and that's how they like build like a type a kind of like family and like communication and connection um within like their community and to not have that uh which was shown in like the movie was like a big part of like why the wife felt like very alienated and what prompted her to like ask for her like mom to come and like help like care for the kids because she felt so alone um and yeah and paul's inclusion was also very interesting i like found myself asking like what is he i was like is he gonna do something to them is he gonna like like do something to their crop steal their land like obviously i was expecting that because you know something racist to happen (laughs) yeah um but none of that terrible stuff ever happened he was like totally chill like the whole time he even gave steven yin's character like tips on how to do the thing right um and yeah, like I I guess maybe the reason why they showed Paul and like the way he practiced like his religion, I'm like not sure exactly which branch of Christianity that was. Um was yeah, to show just like how different people are, I guess, or how different like people practice their religion in like that state or like in that specific area. Um I think it was yeah, just another thing to show like alienation and like just the difference between two cultures and stuff um but he was like perfectly like chill to them so it was like kind of like there were like some sketchy vibes at first and like kind of like i was kind of like anxious a little bit but then it turned out to be like completely harmless so i don't know if that was like a lesson for me personally to be not so like freaked out but i don't know how did you feel about it sketchy vibes um (laughs) yeah i felt the same way he's like it was cool it was interesting to see that like they sort of put that part in the movie of him being this like really really committed christian that's almost to the extreme and even like showing them mesh with the family kind of like praying and how he prays is sort of like kind of alien to jacob and the mom and the 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 family it was sort of like what's happening here um not to mention that like he was sort of like the talk of the town like even the kids like sort of showed this like this resentment against him like the kid in the bus just like flipped him off and like called him names and was just like oh yeah i heard you did this this whatever whatever um and then sort of putting paul in his own box especially with with a city that knows about him and knows what he's done 
Um, he's another idea of like alienation within the film and like being this out outsider in the film that isn't actually an outsider and showing that aspect of it and showing how, um, so yeah, also how the religion with like him and like how the mom sort of feel about it and how the mom sort of like sees that as like, um, almost like a, like a connection, like a way to make friends, a way to like connect with her own her own people and stuff like that um but like her coworker, like jokingly says like oh why do you think like there aren't any Korean? like she kind of like hints at the fact that like, she doesn't want to be around other koreans yeah and it's just so like it's just an interesting point that she made like oh okay like aren't you like lonely don't you want to be with like people that you like you know that you relate to and she was kind of over it it's kind of interesting to see her character yeah. and sort of see her reaction to like the korean church i guess you could say yeah, that part was very interesting. She, like, basically alluded that they chose to move somewhere, like, so far and alienated as Arkansas to get away from, like, other Koreans and the Korean church or something. Um, when Monica, like, the mom is, like, trying to find, like, other Koreans and, like, community within, like, this place because she was basically, like... Um, forced to like move there in support of her husband um so yeah that like part was really interesting it was just like showing like everyone is like so alienated from each other no matter like if you were like a korean to korean to korean white to white like korean to white person like everyone feels a little alienated in some way but they found ways to like have a connection which was beautiful um so yeah it was those were like very interesting details that like didn't like bog down the movie at all but just made it a little like more interesting i think i think um one more thing i want to talk about um and i know we're like kind of jumping around like as regards to like how the movie went and like sort of like the process and the acts of the movie but i really want to talk about like uh the third act with like the fire and like how that sort of like oh my god how it sort of like leads up to the final scene and sort of how it sort of sums up the film in that in that way the, the fire scene was so crazy like i i just want to know like what you thought of it what like what was going through your head and like how like it was also sort of tying in like the solutions in the film for everyone to like sort of um have their own solution even though it's like this giant tragedy so the way the way the fire comes about is like so sad. I mean, like everything that happens to the grandma from like the beginning, from the, like the entire movie is just like so sad and heartbreaking to even like witness. But um, yeah, she like has a stroke and she's still trying to do like household chores. So she takes out the trash, but and she tries to light the fire because they have to burn the trash. And then she accidentally knocks the trash can or the trash on fire over and actually sets fire to the fucking crops. Um, and she's like completely distraught, but she had a stroke. So her facial expressions are so limited and it's just like the saddest fucking thing to see. Anyways, um, and so Steven Yeun, Jacob, and Monica, um, like, run in to, like, try and save the crops. And it is, like, equally heartbreaking to, like, try and watch them save their livelihood, basically, from this fire. Um, and they are, like, slowly suffocating. They're, like, coughing. And at that point, like, Monica, the mom's, like, decision to stay is, like completely solid like she is like ride or die you know she's here to stay <laughs> she's like she will die for this family for this like life um for these crops literally um and did i think that someone was gonna die yes i did absolutely am i glad <laughs> that no one died yes i am absolutely <laughs> um and so yeah i i am so glad that it didn't end in like a death tragedy because i think i don't know i think that would have marked the movie with something more than like with like not optimism and hope like it ended with it definitely would have like been more of a tragedy if that had happened um but yeah i think the fire itself is like very symbolic it was like it was almost like a good thing that it happened because basically it like got rid of like the crops that were used with the water that like steven yun like stole from the government or like I don't know it was like 
like a a bad crop it wasn't a bad crop but it was made in a bad way i guess and it was just basically a rinsing fire that got rid of the crops and it allowed them to like plant something anew with a new water source so yeah it was super tragic ended super hopeful what did you think of that <laughs> yeah no that, that the fire scene was like another time i was like kind of grabbing on to like whatever i can just because like i was just so scared of like yeah like, like you said a death especially when it comes to the grandma because the grandma damn near almost died like you kind of like are scared of like how she's gonna pass and like what's gonna happen next for her um but like you said the fire became this like just like almost start a new thing like they they rose from the ashes after this fire but for the most part like the fire sort of like tied together and tied in almost all the problems that we're having through the film and not giving them solutions but giving you hope and and progress to what's going to happen next how this family is going to overcome that problem um but you have like you know jacob the the father and monica the mom that like run into this burning barn that's like on <laughs> fire and like you see first like jacob the father sort of like trying to get the crops out and trying to save his livelihood trying to save like his only money maker and then you sort of see um monica go in and like you you think she's gonna like drag out jacob or drag out like his dead body or his like life his corpse or something but you see her helping him out and and throughout the whole film jacob and monica are having like really really deep marital issues <laughs> um and they almost seem like the mom's gonna leave that she doesn't really believe in jacob she doesn't believe in like look at this farm do and when she starts to help him it, it like gave me a lot of hope regardless if they were gonna die in that barn it gave me this hope of like wow she like actually believes in him like she's actually like on the same page as him and actually is committed as much as jacob at this point that they're both gonna risk their lives for like these crops that like may or may not give them money and seeing that part of them being on the same page and sort of connecting in that way of helping each other and trying to save the crops and the livelihood was really, really great. And then Jacob um, stops doing that and realizes like he doesn't see his wife anymore and that like he needs to find her. Like he, he just drops the crops altogether because he kind of like realizes what's happening and he doesn't want to lose his wife. And that sort of shows his appreciation regardless of like how much, how little he did show previously. It sort of shows like, how much she does actually care, how much she, like, realizes that, like, oh, my livelihood isn't worth losing the love of my life, this livelihood isn't worth losing my family, and he sort of has that revelation of, like, of stepping out of that tunnel vision of focusing on the farm and risking it all for the farm, and sort of realize, like, oh, I need to take care of my loved ones as well, and that's where, like, you sort of see him save the, the wife, and, like, all because of this fire not to say like if you have a bad marriage start a fire but like it sort of oh helped God. them out no um, one thought that. <laughs> and then also you had sort of um what was gonna happen to the grandma the grandma just sort of started kind of like walking away or running away from the burning and sort of it almost had this like really dark feeling with the grandma of what she was gonna do what like what she was trying to go for but like you see the two kids that have been alienating her have been hating on her that have been like making her life really hard come after her and like try to beg her to stay and like try to like make him come back with them and like she like they finally said like oh like grandma home is back there like your home is back there like the, the grandma who's been going through this tough time coming to america from korea that immediately gets alienated by her own family and kids finally they sort of give her this acceptance and give her this this sign of like you're with us you're you're in this problem with us you're in this house with us this is our home like this is your home as well like you need to come back with us and that's when she kind of like finally stops with the kids and like kind of turns around and like goes back and like it's just weird that like such a tragedy that like we all i personally thought was like oh end of movie <laughs> like fire end of movie <laughs> they don't have any more crops they don't have anything to do it sort of like turns it into this like phoenix out of ashes at the end of like it somehow fixed their not i don't say fix their problems but it somehow like tied all these loose ends that you were so negative about and you sort of see hope in this and you see hope like after this fire like even like i think when they go to sleep 
they're all in the living room sleeping together, which was what the father wanted on the first night of meeting in. He finally gets his wish at this ending after like this tragic event that like could ruin their lives whatsoever. Um, It gives him that moment. It gives him this moment of redemption. It gives this moment of hope of this, this fantastic like symbol of faith of like this fire actually being almost a solution to like all the issues that we were negative about. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because it's just a fantastic part. And like just the initial look of like seeing this fire myself being so like devastated and like, I was like, Oh, it can't end like this. And it sort of creates the opposite effect that like when you see a fire is the symbol of hope. Who? Ha! Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, and with that, uh, that is our uh, review, our little talk on the film Minari. Um, kind of our shorter talks, but I think um, it, that sort of speaks. The film sort of speaks for itself, and I think we sort of talked about it before. That like, it's a movie that like you sort of grow and watch with, and you sort of have these feelings of you know faith, hope, whatever you feel at the end of the film sort of just driven into you just by the movie by itself not like by some great big symbolism or theme of racism or whatever it's just something that like you enjoy with yourself and you enjoy like with your own inner self to like figure out like oh this is what i relate to this is what like what happened and sort of that redemption arc of this film that like isn't so shoot in isn't so like obvious and i think that's why it's just this film is just so fantastic it's just so like like passionate and just so like heartfelt um just so emotional i can't even like put it into even more words i could jabber on more um but thank you all for listening um my name is josh landicho and you can follow me on instagram at the space wolf and i'm carmel and you can follow me at catmello and you could follow watch with sound on instagram at watch with sound along with listening to us on spotify soundcloud apple and anchor and if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, anything of that nature, that would help out, help us out a lot. Um, not to mention we have this little program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount. Only if you're able, of course, that would help us out a lot. Um, but with that, thank you all for listening and keep on watching and cherish your family, especially those <laughs> that are still here. Oh. <laughs>